This podcast is not intended to provide any investment advice. The opinions expressed here by either the hosts or guests do not necessarily reflect the views of PSA, Collectors Holdings, or any of their affiliates. Any discussion of collectible values in the past or present is not a guarantee of future performance. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week of the PSA pod. Ryan Green and Jack Archer are here in our NBA Jam studio at the PSA headquarters, and we've got a really special guest today who we are going to be having an extended conversation with who we've been wanting to get on the show here for a minute. Jack, make the intro. He's someone who I very much enjoy working with. He's someone who I was a fan of before I even started working here. Uh, he's one of the co-founders of Card Ladder. It's Mr. Josh Johnson. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Glad to be in person, too. Yeah, that's a that's always a nice bonus for us when yep. guests uh, in the studio yeah. all the way from the Arizona desert. It's much <laughs> cooler here. I'll tell you about 25 degrees cooler. So it's nice. It's uh, like 30 degrees cooler in our office because yeah. this place is freezing at all times. <laughs> well, we've got so much we want to talk about with you today, Josh. But, um, you know, I've, I, one thing I really enjoy about you is, you know, you're in the you're in the in the hobby known as like a hardcore collector, just like us. Um, everyone knows pretty well, you know, about your PCs and your pursuits on the collecting side. What's new with you on the collecting side? What have you been getting into lately? Well, with prices going down, I'm kind of getting back into, into trying to finish some, some of my gold runs with LeBron. I've picked up a few golds. I actually grabbed one two days ago on vacation. Uh, I grabbed, uh, the 2004 tops Chrome gold LeBron PSA 10. Uh, so I had the PSA nine. I'm always looking to upgrade. Okay. Um, so that, that also is part of the PC right now is that I'm trying to upgrade all my PSA grades, trying to get some PSA 10s and, you know, fill things out around the edges. And then I also started a Mikhail Bridges PC uh, a couple months ago. So those are the two things right now. You didn't just start a Mikhail Bridges <laughs> PC. You, you dove headfirst right. into, uh, into a few monster cards. What, what cards exactly did you get into? And when you're starting a new player PC, is there a specific method you like to go about do you just kind of dip your toes and get one and then see how contagious it is or do you have like a, a specific plan coming in because the cards that you kicked off your pc with are not ones that you can just buy on ebay right. whenever you feel uh like you you want to get into a player these are some some big big cards yeah yeah i usually um you know look at the landscape of what cards exist first and i start doing a lot of research and figuring out uh who collects this player so i'll go on instagram and just start searching and see what i can find and within like a couple of days i was able to find a lot of his really key rookies and had messaged that person so i started to like line up the deals before i really dive all the way like i'm not going to start the pc unless i have a few that i know i'm going to be able to get you know let me ask Mikhail Bridges uh, why, because I, I, I'm always fascinated as to why people start collecting certain players. You know, sometimes it's, you know, uh, financially motivated. Sometimes it's, it's just a player I really enjoy and I want to have, you know, kind of fun following their career while they're still in the early phases. What was it about Mikhail Bridges that really drew you in? Yeah, I already have a Chris Paul collection, so I feel like I have sort of the, uh, you know, the Suns representation there in terms of like a, a Hall of Famer. And I, I usually like to collect guys who are more established a little bit older with mm -hmm. less risk um so then i thought you know maybe i should dive into doing a younger player and see what it's like because the cards are quite a bit cheaper for mikhail than some of the other guys i collect so i was able to you know find his gold prism psa 10 rookie and like i got a logo man rookie so 
some of those things are a little bit cheaper than what I'm used to. So um, that was appealing as well. And then the 2018 class, I really like those those cards. Uh, it's obviously Luca's rookie year. So those are pretty well-known established cards, National Treasures, Prism. Um, so I was really drawn to those as well. And then he's just a really fun young player. Um, I like his game. You know, I think he finished second or third in Defensive Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. So he's got some some things that make him interesting as an individual player as well to prospect. Um, I don't expect to like make money on this, but um, you know, he kind of hits some of those some of those things for me. He's got a great smile too. He's he's got like just a, a personality about him that it's just very light and airy, um, which I've always liked about his game. On top of being a like you said, a really great defensive player, and uh, you know like an elite probably like the elite role player um in in the league i'm i'm a big fan of him one of my close friends who also writes for the magazine is a mikhail bridges collector as as well and uh he recently picked up his uh national treasures rpa i think it's the emerald at a five mm-hmm. and he got he got uh serial number two of five so it's got, uh, jersey so it's got the yeah it's got the the kind of reverse jersey numbers some collectors don't like that stuff I always find it interesting and cool, and I think it makes it unique for sure. I love it. I'm a big color match, jersey jersey number match, if you can find it, guy. And, you know, everybody kind of has their different ways of diving into set collecting. It's really interesting to hear yours because this is something we really wanted to dive into today was this, I guess we're seeing shift in the hobby um, in terms of the way people are collecting sets, especially centered around players. And people are becoming much more, I guess, keen and, and sharp uh, and passionate about player collecting sets. What do you think has kind of led to this? Like what happenings in the hobby over the last couple of years of things have morphed so fast has really contributed to this? Well, I think the biggest thing is that, you know, culturally we're drawn to the star players, the individuals. And so a lot of us, you know, collectors were drawn to like one specific player versus, you know, the set or the team in a lot of cases. So People are drawn to Kobe and they're drawn to Luca and LeBron. Like these are big names that have their own sort of individual brands and followings that a lot of us are drawn to. So I think that's a big part of it. The other one we talked before was uh, just how many parallels they are. Mm-hmm. A lot of people used to collect sets back when it was, you know, you just get one card yeah. of each player in the set and you'd be done. And then, you know, grading came in and you'd want to get the highest grade possible in PSA of the set. And then it became, there's, you know, 50 parallels of everything in PSA of every player, it was just it just became this impossible task. So player collecting and then within that even set collecting of players has become sort of a necessity to be able to still itch that collector, you know, scratch, uh, scratch that collector itch while also, you know, honing in and focusing and saving some of your money. I love it. Yeah, I, I recently really dove into this with my Ichiro collecting mm. and I, I went super focused on his his career period gold refractors bowman chrome and tops chrome and it's been so fun to really just like search a different auction site search ebay uh i i picked up a, a psa 9 of his 2004 at a, at a card show a few weeks ago uh and just just uh the hunt is is really really fun and uh i've i've, I've been enjoying it and it it's just it's also just nice to have like a very narrow focus of what you're looking for uh because with so many different cards and uh especially for for players who's, who played as many seasons as Ichiro it's kind of easy to have a collection it doesn't necessarily feel very cohesive but now I'm starting to look at it and it's like all on display on my desk or you know um 
on a, on a shelf at home. And it's just like, it just feels, it feels nice to have, have something that is so, um, so together, so cohesive. Yeah. Well, I, I, uh, I'm friends with, uh, his name is Brendan nineties wax. He actually works here. Brendan um, Bigelow, friend of the show. I, yeah. I was on last week. I inter- oh, well, great. I'll have to listen to that one. So I interviewed him a long time ago and he once told me on a, on the pod, he said, that if anyone were to not know anything about you, but they looked at your collection, they could be they could learn a lot about you. They could see huh. your interests, you know, what specifically you like, uh, what part of culture, pop culture you enjoy. So if I looked at your Ichiro PC, I would know, oh, you like gold, you like Ichiro, you like this era. Whereas if you kind of just collected anything random, you wouldn't really know mm-hmm. much about the person. So I feel like being more focused on what you actually like and not just picking off any random cards uh, kind of tells you know a, a story about who you are. Yeah, yeah, you see that in the art world too. Art yeah. like, you know, hardcore art collectors are very specific with what they like and 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 what they search for. And I think uh it's 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 a lot easier to get lost with cards because art not everything is extremely familiar because it takes a lot of research, but if you're, you know, well versed in sports and you kind of know what's what, it, it's uh cards are, are certainly more accessible so it's a lot easier to get lost but just finding that focus I, i've personally found really enjoyable i know you're trying to complete a tom brady refractor run ryan mm. and uh yeah so it, it's just it's it's really fun and it just brings set collecting to some of the, the 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 more modern cards yeah it's interesting like i i'm doing a run of tops of base refractor uh tom brady's from his entire tops chrome run in his career and you know, I, I just kind of started it on a whim almost, but it, you kind of hit on some things in terms of, you know, players you, you know, you really enjoy collecting. And and I've been a Tom Brady fan for a long time, but I collected him early in his career. And then for the few years I was out of the hobby, I hate even saying this publicly, I got rid of some cards that I really wish in hindsight I hadn't. So it's almost like there's a personal connection for me now going back and collecting a lot of his older stuff to where it's like, I feel like I'm almost trying to like atone for it myself by doing it a different way this time around. So that's what I, that's what I like. And and that's really interesting what you say about, you know, Brendan's comments, how your collection can say a lot about you. And um, I feel like player collecting is a good way of showing that you've really narrowed your focus as a collector and you've kind of evolved and, and seen what you like and you narrow the focus. Yeah. And also we don't have infinite money, so we kind of have, yeah. we have to pick and choose some subset. So we might as well pick only stuff we really, really like. I've, I always hear the comment people will say to me, or the, it's usually when they're selling something, but like, Hey, you need this and you're a LeBron PC. Mm. And it's, it's like some card that doesn't fit anywhere into any of my lanes of LeBron. And I just always hear that comment. And I'm just thinking like, I know what I'm looking for, right? Like I, I'm going to be the one to pursue and, and build this collection out. It's not necessarily what other people might think I need in my PC. Yeah, it's, I mean, everybody has the certain parallels that they don't, you know, they don't really gravitate to. Like, I'll be totally honest with, like, uh, you know, Tops did it for a long time and Panini does it, like, like wave refractors, mm-hmm. right? Just don't really do it for me. But I know other for other people they do. That's great. Um, you're right. I, I, don't, I don't like to try to force a square yeah. peg in a round hole with my Because once you buy collection. the one, then you're stuck trying yeah. to get the rest of them. So it's exactly. almost like, don't buy that first one that doesn't fit. The- so uh, you and Chris have been teasing this new feature that's coming to Card Ladder soon. And it really ties in nicely to this type of player set collecting. And uh, I think our listeners uh, who also, uh, you know, 
are, are, are connecting with this conversation will find it really, really helpful in their uh, collection journey. Yeah, we're working on custom indexes. I think if you've used Card Ladder, you've seen our stuff, then you know we have a, a, a big emphasis on indexes and player indexes and then different um, subsets of indexes. Like we have a basketball, baseball, one for every sport. And then we also have like a high-end, low-end, mid-end index. I'm working on like a uh, population index. So it'll show the index for all high-pop cards, you know, your Zions and Luca base PSA 10s. Because people, they really want to know, you know, uh, it's easy to say, oh, the market's down right now. But you want to be able to make more informed comments like, you know, the high end index is flat, the low end and mid end indexes are down, the high pop index is down, but the low pop is actually relatively flat. And people are able to say more intelligent things and do more intelligent research using some of these indexes. Uh, and then we're able to also compare, uh, we've been comparing the CL index to the stock indexes. I don't know if you've seen some of that back and forth on Instagram, but mm-hmm. we're able to kind of pick. 50 cards that we feel represent the hobby fairly well, track it over time compared to the S&P 500, for example. So there's a lot of interesting use cases for the indexes. And I think the next one, the next evolution of that is custom indexes for you as an individual that want to make your argument or you want to point to something or you need to do research for you know what's occurred in this industry in the past. So the, a good example would be your Tom Brady refractor collection, mm-hmm. Pops Chrome, right? You could just create an index, pick out all the cards all the individual Brady, let's say it's like 20 cards even. Even if it's just that few of cards, you could still make an index, plot it over time, see how it progresses day to day. Um, so that's what we're working on right now. There's some difficulties with just how much data, you know, is moving our indexes. It's a lot of data crunching. So I just need to, uh, I was working on it in the hotel last night. So it's it's in the works. That's, uh, I'm, I'm so pumped for this. And I, I think even for stuff that you don't specifically collect, just if you love cards, you'll just find like ways to tinker around with this, like, you know, fast break for silver and like all, all these different, like all these different uh, buttons you can push to kind of create uh, unique data points just to, to look at and consume and enjoy. Yeah. I love what you said about kind of how you can, how you can break it out to just to get more insight as a collector. Um, you know, it's easy for a few people say on Twitter to start saying, Oh, the Zion market's down. Whereas we're actually giving people the tools to be able to you know find out for themselves is right. that actually true right um is there good opportunity right now if i want to start collecting him if i do want to you know get serious about collecting him this data gives you information if you want to start player collecting on where is the best place to start yeah i mean when chris and i talk to people we'll say something like the luca market is down 30 percent." and if we're talking to a luca collector they're usually quite defensive and say well actually you know, mm-hmm. his low pop stuff is down. There's this one card that went down that's pulling the index so that we want to be able to say back, okay, well then you can create your own Luca index and you, you know, kind of decide for yourself, do you think a certain subset of the Luca index is actually up? And then what we're saying is wrong? Or, or are we just able to say the total market index for Luca is down and be correct, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we talk about player collecting and, and how it's becoming more popular and, and, and these indexes are going to be a huge help for people who are getting into it, you know, something that also I want to talk to you about today that I think is really fascinating on the player collecting. And I think this is just going to supercharge it for collectors is something you've been working on, um, working with one of the greatest receivers in NFL history, Larry Fitzgerald, um, who you're sort of helping, I guess, curate his collection of his, of his own cards um, as he's really getting into it. Um, I'm just dying to know how did this come about and, yeah, it just sounds so cool, so unique, so fun. 
Yeah, so he's a friend of the company, uh, Collectors. He's a friend of Nat's. Mm-hmm. I think they golf together or do other things. So, uh, you know, Nat just connected me to him, said, hey, Larry's looking to get more involved in the hobby. He's looking to pick up some cards. Can you help him find some stuff? If you see any cards that may interest him. And so I was just on this email thread and uh, going back and forth with Larry. But, you know, from where I'm from, Larry Fitzgerald is is basically like the best athlete in the history of Arizona. So it was more than just like, hey, help this guy. You know, it was like, dude, you're Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> <laughs> I was at the the Packers playoff game. If you guys remember that. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the greatest postseason yeah. run of an individual player I've maybe ever seen. Oh, uh, my, that was the 2008. Life. Or that was 08. Yes, yes. I was going to say, I was at the game in, I think that was 2015, mm-hmm. where Palmer like got flushed. It was the, the first overtime. year Amazon did all or nothing. Yes. Remember that? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And then Rodgers threw the Hail Mary to tie the game. It was just like an absolutely yeah. insane game. And so the whole stadium was chanting Larry when he made that, you know, crazy play in overtime. Mm-hmm. And then he ended up scoring the winning touchdown. So my memories of him are, are uh, you know, going back to that game and then obviously to back to 2008, the Super Bowl run. So. Um, I was really excited to help him and he just seemed really genuine about it. He actually was like, no, I, I, I want to get some of the rare stuff. I don't want the boring, you know, cards. See if you can find me the low pop rare stuff and just send it over. And I found a really neat rookie, uh, the 2004, um, tops Chrome gold refractor. Those are numbered to 279. So they're not super rare, but the pop on the PSA 10 is only four. Oh, wow. And I've, I'd actually never seen one before, uh, you know, come up for sale. So I saw one. Um, asked the guy if it was for sale, bought it. And then I bought it first and then emailed Larry like, Hey, I bought this. I think you should, you know, I think you should just get it all, you know, obviously just give it to you for what I paid. And then he was like, yeah, I'll just come pick it up at your house. Give me your address. It's like, okay. <laughs> and they just pulled in and it's like, wow, Larry Fitzgerald's walking to my door. This is, this is strange. <laughs> so it wasn't like, you know, we're best friends or anything. It just kind of, it just kind of came about this way. So no pressure or anything. No, my, you know, my kids and wife are, uh, pretty excited to have that happen so we were like cleaning the house all day and it was funny i'm excited i saw it on i saw it on instagram and then we chatted about it and i was just like my goodness like how cool <laughs> is this and uh, uh i think larry fitzgerald is one of the most likable athletes and one of the most universally appreciated athletes i don't i feel like his approval rating is at like 99.9 mm. amongst football fans yeah he might have to get into politics his his approval rating is really high i think he's Still one of the only guys I can, I can't think of anyone else off the top of my head. When he scores a touchdown, or when he did, he immediately flips the ball to the ref. Yeah. He's like the only guy, because yep. you know, all these guys, you know, especially the TikTok world, they've got their dances and stuff. <laughs> and he's just so old school. He just flips it to the ref and just runs the sideline and, you know, celebrates with his teammates. So it's, it's funny. My parents live in Arizona and I was visiting them last year before training camp when nobody really knew if he was going to be playing or not before mm-hmm. the season. And, you know, my parents watch the news like every night, right? And I was watching the news with them one night and there was like five straight minutes on Larry Fitzgerald. Will he, won't he? And my dad is just like, I, you know, I know Larry Fitzgerald was a big deal, but if you didn't know anything about, you know, Arizona sports, anything, and you watch the news here, you would think this guy is like the governor or like the, right. you know, it's, 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 he's held in that high of esteem right. there. So yeah. And he's, cool. uh, he really didn't want the whole fanfare for his retirement. If you noticed, he yeah. didn't actually ever say anything. He just sort of Has he? went into silence and, I think the last season he kind of teased that he might come back just to get the scent off and keep people from trying to celebrate his last season because he didn't want any of that. So he just rode off into the sunset. What's the Larry Fitzgerald card that you think belongs in his collection, but you just haven't been able to scoop up? So, you know, contenders is big for the rookie classes. Um, He has a contenders one of one that exists. He actually owns his PSA 10 
auto 10 contenders rookie i think that's a pop two okay so he owns that one which i was really impressed he he didn't i did not help him on that he had that one and i was like wow that's that's a big one larry i'm i'm, I'm impressed you're able to pick that up but there's also a one of one copy of that card it's kind of like a green color it's like an emerald looking card and i used to know where it is but i, I you know I, i'm not sure exactly where it's gone since and that's one i think will be really sweet because it's you know it's basically his best card it's it's really hard to go wrong with his cards. Two thousand four Topps Chrome and Bowman Chrome designs are just so sleek. I'm a, I'm I'm a really big fan of how those cards look aesthetically. You know, kind of what you were saying about Michael Bri uh, Mikael Bridges with you know the two thousand eighteen draft class, right? Mm -hmm. Does Larry Fitzgerald, in terms of hunting for those cards, benefit a little bit in the same way in that he was in the same draft class as three future Hall of Fame quarterbacks in the first round, and that so much of the focus on you know the people who are hunting a 2004 rookie card, you know, are mostly hunting probably for Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, Roethlisberger, right. as opposed to Fitzgerald. Like he's, I, I'm not going to say like forgotten I, about in that draft class. But I'm going to go the other way. I think Larry Fitzgerald's the most coveted of those four okay. players. You He's the most expensive of those guys. Is he? Yeah. He Interesting. Is. Yeah. Cause I mean, Eli doesn't really have much of a, no. a fan base. Like he's got the Super Bowls in New York. People like to collect him, but he, he, he was never really Wide popular. Yeah. yeah. And Roethlisberger had his you know issues in the past. Mm -hmm. And Rivers is not super sexy of a quarterback. So his stuff's fairly cheap. Larry's never won actually, a Super Bowl. Like it doesn't have that. Yeah. Esteem. Larry he, has like this, this lore about him. Okay. So he's actually the most expensive. Man. So that, that works in the opposite of the way I, you know, because everybody's so used yeah, to quarterbacks being king in the hobby. But I guess if you go back that far. Well, that's kind of a, a lesson you're given a tip there that, you know, eventually quarterbacks may get yeah. into the Eli Manning Roethlisberger range in terms of popularity. So you might, might want to be careful prospecting some of these guys. Well, speaking of prospecting in football, this is, you know, and, you know, we talked about the card ladder with the custom indexes and, you know, we want to talk about kind of some of the thing, some of the things that you're seeing uh, on the card ladder side. And this is like a really interesting part of the year. It's, it's early July. This is, this is prospecting season on so many fronts, mm -hmm. you know, the NBA is in the off season and free agency is coming up the NFL. This is really their only dead period of the year. Um, you know, let's start with football. You know, training camp opens in a few weeks and football right around the time the national comes around is really going to pop and it's, it's hype season. So who are some guys that maybe you're seeing um, within the data where, you know, if I'm really looking into collecting a guy and getting into collecting a guy right now, you think maybe present some interesting opportunities. Yeah, well, the the market's primarily driven by Tom Brady, uh, both in ca the card letter index representation and also the real world. So Brady's cards went absolutely insane over the last year, uh, you know, like a lot of cards, but his really outpaced uh, basically everything except Steph Curry. His cards went insane. So he's actually seeing a pretty decent correction right now. So the overall football market is down quite a bit over the last month. And that's just, I think a lot of it's because Brady's cards are correcting and the prices are coming down. It's kind of pulling the overall index. But Josh Allen is, I would say, is the hottest card uh, player right now in cards because his stuff is just going bananas. Um, we're seeing like multiple hundred thousand dollar plus RPAs sell. PSA ten at a ninety nine RPA is selling for a hundred plus. Uh, his nine fives are selling for fifty k plus. So, and I think his you know contenders cracked ice is selling for a lot as well. So Josh Allen, you know, all the young quarterbacks, Herbert cards are doing very well. Joe, Joe Burrow, obviously. Um, we saw a pretty meteoric rise out of Matt Stafford over the last year. Mm. I think Chris and I are one of the few documenting his card market because, you know, he finally won his first Super Bowl. It's only one year away from Detroit and the guy wins a Super Bowl. 
you know, pretty much uh, uh, vindicating that he was, you know, not the problem in, in Detroit. So obviously quarterbacks, as always, uh, receivers and running backs are kind of struggling right now, just given the overall market kind of going down. Those guys are not super collectible, but I think Jamar Chase cards are pretty popular right now if, you, if you're looking to capitalize on that coming into the season. Um, we're seeing a lot of resistance towards the beginning of the football season. Like you would think interesting that there would be a lot of hype going into football season with cards, but just, you know, with the economy and, you know, the uncertainty of cards right now in, in terms of the market going down, people are a little wary to spend huge hmm. money on the, on the rookies. But I think once the season kicks up fantasy football, you know, like we, like you said, we're in this dead period. So it might be a good, good time right now. But once fantasy, like I said, once fantasy football gets going, people, uh, and gambling, you know, gambling's so big now with football. I think uh, we'll definitely see some some bumps. I can't wait for fantasy football season. I cannot wait for football season. Really, like the second the NBA draft ends, yep. I'm I'm plugged in. I'm plugged in with the free agency news. I'm excited about that, but my mind is just just laser focused on how hyped I am for football season. So, Josh, I have to ask you. You're, you're primarily a basketball card collector. Uh, you do like football. You dabble in football cards. Is there is there any player you're thinking about jumping into? Is there any cards that are kind of calling your name that you've been, you know, you have saved eBay searches for right. that you keep thinking about pulling the trigger on? Anything like that? Yeah, I really like the older receivers. So my favorite receivers are obviously Larry Fitzgerald. Calvin Johnson's my other favorite. And then I like Julio Jones. And he's, you know, on the tail end of his career here. So his cards are in pretty low demand. So if it's pretty fun to look at stuff that Julio has. Um, and then in terms of like newer players, I obviously really like Jamar Chase. He's awesome. And uh, he was on my fantasy team. So like fantasy and cards have this like... It gives you a connection. It does. Yeah. It's like a dual connection. You're getting value from them on two ends. You can gamble on them in two different ways. Um, and then I really like... I liked Michael Thomas for a while, but he's really disappointed me. I'm, I'm interested to see if Thomas is going gonna, is gonna to bounce back. And then DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Evans, some of these younger guys that are you know, getting towards the end of their careers are, I really like those guys. Um, quarterbacks, everyone just wants to know, like, you know, who's the big quarterback. I really like Josh Allen as a player, but it's really hard to sign off on that because his cards are so expensive. I'm yeah. not sure he can sustain it, but as an individual player. Um, but here's one, Patrick Mahomes. His his cards have gone down quite a bit. There's been, you know, talks of, like, was it Tyreek Hill, you know, that was, uh, you know, making Patrick Mahomes better. But I think Mahomes is like five and one without Tyreek Hill in his career. Uh, so I would look for Patrick Mahomes to make a big statement this year. I think he's, uh, I think he's a guy that's going to be highly motivated coming into the year to prove that he's the guy. And, you know, all these young quarterbacks coming up, he's the only one of these guys that has an actual Super Bowl. He's still only 26. I think Joe Burrow's 25. Joe Burrow's only, I think it was 15 months yeah. younger than Patrick Mahomes. We, right. we looked that up around the Super Bowl last year, and I was blown away. I was he, like, one guy's been an MVP, won a Super Bowl, and the other guy... And four conference like, championships. Yeah, yeah, and one guy literally is in his second season and just reached that yes. stage once. Patrick Mahomes has four straight conference championship games at home, and Burrow made one run, and we're comparing the two. <laughs> All I know is that this upcoming football season... As a card collector and football fan, there is so much to look forward to because, I mean, the AFC quarterback situation is bananas. Uh, Russell Wilson joining the Broncos, and you have Herbert in that division. You have Mahomes. You have Carr. Uh, who knows what Trevor Lawrence is going to do? Who knows what Zach Wilson and the Jets are going to do? They had probably the best offseason out of any team there is. Uh, Trey Lance looks to be starting in San Francisco. Um, 
Justin Fields. Yeah, Justin Fields <laughs> through my guy Ryan. <laughs> I love that nobody's talking about yeah, him. No one's talking it's about great him. Great for my wallet. Yeah, him and <laughs> him and uh, gosh, who's the Eagles quarterback? Jalen Hurts. Hurts. Yeah. Those two guys are just way too much under the radar, in my opinion. Especially Hurts. Hurts yeah. just you know took his team to the playoffs, and he just added a top five, you know, arguably a top five receiver. Yep. Yeah, and we can't forget Tua either. I mean, the Dolphins just fully loaded up this, yeah. this offseason. Yep. So. There, there's so many like unknowns, but it, it's it's what makes sports so fun. It's uh you know there's so much natural drama to it, and uh, you know if you're a collector and you're a fan, this football season is just gonna be. I I legitimately cannot wait until Scott Hansen is just screaming through my TV <laughs> saying seven hours of uninterrupted football action starts now. As an Arizona guy, we we didn't mention Kyler Murray. What's what's uh, what are you seeing there? Oh, I asked Larry about that when he was over. Gave me no. He gave me no insider information. Poker I, face. I feel yeah, yeah. I feel like he knew, but couldn't say anything. Um, I mean, I'm just assuming he's gonna sign and they'll, you know, give him the contract he's looking for. You need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. If you look at the landscape of the league, there's maybe like four or five teams that don't have a quarterback out of the 32. So it's like yeah. you you have to have the quarterback, or you're just you know it's like a non-starter swimming basically. upstream. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's impossible. So I think they'll get him. Uh, the fan base is obviously a little weary, a little nervous about how the season ended with him. Um, I think a lot of it was injuries, but that's kind of the thing with him. He's, you know, he's he's undersized, so he gets injured a lot. So we're nervous about that. But when he's on, you know, you can't ask for. They were seven and zero last year. They're the best team in the league. He's the most exciting player in yeah, the league he's, when he's when out when all is right. Yeah, it was must watch TV mm-hmm. the, the kickoff the year last year. Yeah, we're excited about Marquise Brown. Uh, they were good friends in college, and then obviously Hopkins is out for six weeks, which is going to hurt. Uh, but hopefully Brown can, you know, establish that connection with him and then Hopkins comes back. So we're excited. I think every, that's the great thing about the NFL. Every team basically feels like they have a chance going into the season because you always see that team that doesn't make the playoffs that leaps into the playoffs every year. The so Bengals. It's just, exactly. Yeah. I mean, to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And they were terrible the year before. All right. Well, we talked football in the offseason. Let's talk basketball. Um, the draft just happened a couple weeks ago. There's There's going to be a lot of buzz. You know, the one thing we didn't mention with football, there's still product from last year coming out. So that's kind of at the tail end of all these new guys coming in. There's still rookie cards from last year's class coming. Prism isn't out yet. It, Prism isn't even out yet. It comes out, you know, very shortly. Um, you know, what are you kind of seeing on the basketball side, especially here early in the early in the offseason? Very early. Yeah, it's kind of similar to football, to be honest. Like a lot of the the big name players are coming down in value. LeBron has come down. 20, 30% over the last few months. Same with Luca. Those guys just got so high. Um, but we're still seeing, you know, some some rises in specific players. Like Steph Curry had an amazing run this year. Obviously won the championship. His cards appreciated in value a lot. Um, some of the younger guys, you know, like you said, it's just it's really hard to grab on to like this last rookie class. Cade Cunningham and Jalen Green don't have a rookie Prism card. So like how excited can you really get? I think once Prism drops and once we get a few into grading and in PSA cases, and we can really start like valuing these cards against other players' cards. I think that always sort of helps the market and helps kind of like understand where everything sits and you know the the supply chain issues and everything that that makes these uh, release dates shift as they did. Uh, it's it's just it, it's just really tough to see how popular is Cade Cunningham. I love mm-hmm. I love the guy. I'm a big Josh Giddy fan. I'm excited yeah. for his Prism cards to come out. Uh, Evan Mobley, how is the market going to respond to him and all this stuff? It's going to be it's going to be exciting. Cade definitely feels like the top guy, especially after the draft that that uh, Detroit had. There's a lot of like energy and buzz around that team right now. Yeah, he had a really strong finish to the year too. 
And that's the, it's kind of like what we talked about with football a couple months ago on the heels of the draft, where it's almost a blessing in disguise with these rookie cards coming out so late. You not only have their rookie year performance in the, in the bag already, Mm -hmm. but you know, then you see like, for example, with Cade Cunningham, you see with what the Pistons did on draft night, getting Jaden Ivey, getting um, Jalen Duran, the, the center from Memphis, you know, these are two supreme talents you're putting around him. That's a, that's an automatic kind of boost when his prism rookie cards do drop, I think. Yeah. I mean, you're probably going to get equal prospecting on Cade Cunningham for the Ivy pick than you would just him on his own. Yeah. It's uh, it's, I can't, as, as a fan of prism, much like Ryan, I just cannot wait for the the new basketball set to come out and just kind of have that into, into the hobby world. The hobby always feels like a teeny bit empty when you don't have prism and optic and select for all the new classes. So this summer is going to be uh, a blast for for uh, collectors everywhere. We don't have national treasures yet either. We don't yeah, have, we don't have true RPAs or true like gold prisms. These are the top two, you know, most coveted rookies for these guys. So, you know, TBD. We have no idea what their markets are going to be like because their their primary cards aren't released. Yeah, kind of class is loaded too. Yeah, and it's kind of perfect stormish that prisms coming out a couple weeks before the national. Yeah, that's uh, that's think, a good point. Think about how much you're going to see at the national of this. Prism product. I mean, you're going to see obviously a lot of football. Yeah. Prism. This is the, the football prism hypes in full effect right now for that rookie class. But yeah, you're right. Basketball as well. And I'm, you know, it's going to be interesting. The mood of the show, like, is there going to be a lot of, is there going to be a lot of transactions? Are people nervous with the, the economy and, you know, their crypto and stock markets going down? It's going to be very interesting to see that dynamic. But if you add in the, you know, the, uh, like you said, the prism basketball, prism football, that might offset some of that nervousness. Mm-hmm. We might have a lot of excitement. Yeah, one of the best parts about the hobby is trading. And uh, I, I mean, I, at shows at the National, I love I love trading cards. I love negotiating a good deal. I love making things making things work. Um, and sometimes like your, your taste and interest in cards change a little bit. You want to shift off of a player or a specific uh, subset of a set or whatever it might be uh, and get into something that you're gravitating towards for whatever reason. So making those deals at the National face to face is uh, is just so fun. And there's no better place to do it because it has pretty much any card you can imagine yeah. uh, at, on the show floor. Yeah, I would say uh, jumping off of that, get, give into the hype at the National. Have fun with it. Mm. Buy something you wouldn't have normally bought. Trade, make a trade you wouldn't have done. Because in person, you just it's really hard to recreate that. So while you're there, you might as well have fun with it. It's a different rush. Yeah. So so all right, Josh Johnson, what is? Let's talk about your big game hunting at the National this year. Oh, I'm not going to for what you let, disclose something. You don't have to give the top item, but sure. like what what are some things on the list that maybe you're OK with disclosing here that you're really looking for in Atlantic City? Yeah, I really need the 2009, <clears throat> excuse me, Topps Chrome Gold Refractor LeBron. I've owned a few copies, but I, th- I had a PSA 7.5 and a PSA 8. I really need a 9 or a 10. The okay. 10 is a pop one. So that one's going to be tough, but there's a few nines. Um, so I'm on the lookout for that one. That's my primary goal. And then, you know, anything LeBron gold or exquisite that catches my eye. And then Chris Paul, uh, I'm looking to upgrade some of those. I'm looking for his rookie gold refractor, PSA 10. I have a nine. So stuff like that. Mikhail Bridges, anything. I only have like six or seven Mikhail Bridges cards. So that one's pretty open of what I would go after. There's there's quite a bit. I'm going to sit here trying to guess what the uh, secret items are. But no, that's a pretty good list. Um, you know, what are what are maybe some things you're really anticipating, not even individual cards. Um, you know, what are some kind of things you're anticipating seeing people really in general hunting for at the national this year? Uh, quarterbacks, prism, 
Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a lot of that. People trying to get uh, prospect on Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and Trey Lance, those guys. Uh, I think that's going to be you know the primary goal for a lot of people. Um, but we've seen a shift in the last year for you know specific collectors, set collectors, player collectors. So I think you, I think you know you'll see a, a pretty good mix of more of the you know quote unquote collector type card, the okay. rare parallel stuff. You'll be seeing a lot of people hunt for that. '90s basketball and baseball and football. There's a lot of that going on right now. There's a Brett Favre green PMG sale for like seventy-five grand or fifty-seven. Whatever. Wow! So there's there's a pretty high demand for some of that rare parallel stuff from the nineties. So I think, you know, you're obviously going to see a lot of people hunting that stuff as well. And if you're listening, you haven't been in the national with PSA having on-site grading, you can literally be hunting for like, say you find like a, like a, a really nice, like Trevor Lawrence prism card raw. You negotiate a deal, you pay for it. You can walk right over to grading, submit it. And before you jump on your flight home, you can pick up your graded, car that you bought at the show it's it, it's there's nothing really like it and it's just uh it's it's uh it's a special place mm-hmm. it's gonna be uh it's gonna be really interesting too because psa this year we're gonna have full details coming out this week but we're also offering um submissions for take-home grading where you can submit cards with psa and we will bring them back to the facilities uh at in santa Ana and grade them here uh and ship them back to you so yeah, great option really good option that i think a lot of people are going to take advantage yep. of. a lot of people are afraid myself included are afraid to ship expensive cards uh-huh. but they feel good about psa shipping them back with exactly. the insurance and you know everything about psa they've shipped millions and millions and millions of cards so uh they've got a good system to ship cards back to you so i, I always trust getting the cards shipped from santa Ana to my house so i'm putting my bounty out there i have one card i'm looking for at the national this year i'm a set collector um this is not player set related i need a michael vick 2001 sp authentic rpa out of 250 any specific grade uh i would prefer to get a psa eight or above um even if it's a nice raw copy though just has to have a nice clean signature that those autos are bad right a lot of them. a lot of them have faded over the course of 20 years so it's when they pop up on ebay it's very hit and miss so hmm. that's my one card i need i'm three cards short of a complete set here so but i knew that was gonna be the toughest. i'll be on the lookout so for that one if you find one gotta let me know because I'm probably going to end up paying way too much for it too. So. <laughs> he's got a pretty decent market right now, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. It's I, I think he's one of those uh, really fun, like nostalgia-driven players. Adam. You know, we talk. Yeah, exactly. We talk about how culture influences cards. You know, people my age. You know, I'm 40 years old. You know, when I was 21, and he was on Madden. Yep. You know, we we had like a rule in my college apartment that you couldn't use the Falcons. <laughs> like that was you know. People connect with that at our age. Yeah, people got mad about that at the time, but looking back, it was a, a genius marketing move by Madden to Incredible. make to make him almost you know unbeatable in that game. That's like Lamar Jackson in today's game. It's like exactly. It's really tough to if you know the game and you know the, the mechanics of it. It is hard to beat those guys. My favorite Madden story ever was before Tony Romo started broadcasting. He would sit in his house and he would play Madden online on mute, and he would be he would be calling the games that he was playing. <laughs> And he's such a football genius <laughs> and he can read like defenses so well that when he's playing against like some 16 year old kid in, in Oklahoma or something, uh, he just started dominating. And I think he ended up being like 15th ranked in the world wow. in Madden wow. the, the, the few months leading up to him making his debut for CBS. Was he predicting the calls like he does today? He probably. He's calling out what they're going to do. Probably. Uh, another guy from the early 2000s whose cards are kind of fascinating. 
Yeah, I so, grabbed a few Romos yeah. recently. Just like I, I'm a big fan of the 08 Tops Chrome. I mm -hmm. grabbed some of like a blue refractor, uh, standard refractor. Is rookie year 08? No, it was three, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he was very much like Tom Brady. You know, he was an undrafted free agent, so his rookie offerings are very limited. Um, they're harder to find. But he has what he has a Bowman Chrome. He has a Bowman Chrome refractor rookie. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe he has an SP Authentic Auto rookie. Very another interesting guy because of you know what he's become in the football culture today. Even after his playing days, he's probably right now the most well known color commentator there is. I mean, and he has decades of runway too. Yeah, to sort of be a, a touch point in the football world for for many years to come. He's basically changed the way that broadcasting works now, mm -hmm. especially with like these contracts these guys are getting. He kind of <laughs> set the bar for that. Everyone's running to find who's a who's a retired right. quarterback who's going to know how to call out plays on the air that we can go find. Another name to look out for is uh, Gronkowski. Mm -hmm. Rob Gronkowski just retired again. Maybe he'll come back. Maybe he won't. But uh, you know, speaking about culturally re relevant, he's always in the limelight. Very popular on social media. So. And a great tight end. He's got a really nice resume, probably be in the Hall of Fame. So Rob Gronkowski's a name. He's got some cool rookie cards, too. Not yeah. a guy who will fade away and live a right. quiet no. life. Like, he'll live a very public life. I can I can totally picture him not only doing, like, football coverage, but, like, in the summer hosting, like, those, like, those splash zone game shows yeah. you see on like ABC. He's going to be everywhere. He's gonna and I'm going to love it. Yeah. He's going to own a hard seltzer company here. Yeah. Very of course. soon. He'll be, he'll be, he'll be Shaq. He'll be pitching everything yeah, exactly. for a long time. Exactly. And I'm going to love it. And we're going to all buy it. And <laughs> he's just so likable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a, I, my favorite Gronkowski card story I like to tell is I have a 2000, I believe it was 2010 was his rookie year. I have the rookie premier auto numbered out of 90, which is a beautiful on card auto. And he has this really like smug looking portrait on it. And I showed the card to my girlfriend when I got it. She said, she said, I can smell the Axe body spray coming <laughs> off of that card. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> now I might, maybe have to hunt for uh Gronk at the national too. His contenders Humphrey. rookie is pretty good. Yeah. Pretty cheap too. Anything, uh, what's going on with card ladder at the national as well. Yeah. So we'll have a, a spot. Uh, at the collector's booth and then we also have another booth next to the my slabs team uh, so we'll be there wandering around uh, chris and chris and i aren't big on uh, being in one place for a long time so we'll be wandering around and you know being at the night events that are hosted by different people so it'll be a good time i think there's probably a bunch of trade nights we'll be at those mm -hmm. and yeah we don't really it's hard to plan there's just so much going on you know we're just kind of kind of be everywhere kind of same here yeah got you, you got a game plan and then and then watch it just go to yeah we'll uh we'll we'll let the content come to us ryan exactly exactly just but stand in the middle of the show and just point your camera it's the fa it's the famous mike tyson quote everyone has a game plan until they get punched in the face right That's you walk through one. the doors at the you walk through the doors at the national and everything just scatters and yeah. goes it goes to yeah so awesome well we're looking forward to it josh thank you so much for taking the time with us yeah thanks for having me this was fun yeah it was awesome josh thanks for, thanks for coming by and uh, thank you for listening. We will be back next week with more here on the PSA pod.